G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. The message is very important, of the utmost, in fact. But you also need a worthy messenger. And in today's program, we're going to see that God chooses people for that very honorable task. Our series is entitled Heartfelt and Inspired, Understanding Second Corinthians, a verse-by-verse audio commentary, part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. We are in Second Corinthians chapter 8, near the end of the chapter. Remember that Second Corinthians chapters 8 and 9 are the most extensive coverage of Christian giving found in the New Testament. And so, this is something we do need to learn. It's part of Christian maturity, fruitfulness, and growth is about giving. And it's a joy to give. It's a blessing. Nobody is disadvantaged because they give. On the contrary, the disadvantage comes when they don't give. We can talk for hours on this, but remember, because God loves, God gives. As God's children, we need to do likewise. He will provide everything we need because ultimately everything belongs to God anyway. He owns the cattle on the thousand hills, the silver and the gold belong to him. Our passage in this lesson is 2 Corinthians 8, 19-24. And our title is called Worthy Couriers. The people who are carrying the relief money from the diaspora to the mother church at Jerusalem. You don't just use anybody for this task. It's such an important one. You find those who are worthy. And we're going to see that there is Titus. He is the one that we know by name, that there is this popular brother. He's a great gospel preacher, but he's been conscripted, willingly, I'm sure, to accompany Titus with this offering. And there'll even be apparently a third person, also unnamed, that will be in this task. Why all this protocol. Because ultimately, when it comes to money, we need to be very careful. Money is not evil. It is a tool that is used. It can be used for good, and yes, it can be used for bad. Money is not evil, but the scripture teaches the love of money can be evil, because the love of money really is idolatry. When you love money more than anything or anyone else, it is an idolatry that will pierce your spirit with many sorrows. It is a thing you want to avoid like the plague. But at the same time, Jesus talks about money. Paul talks about money, the right attitude and the right handling of money. We want an environment that is scandal-free because money has been the downfall 
of many in the church over history, I'm talking about, not just today. So there are safeguards. That's why we have boards in churches. That's why we have more than one counter in a church. We have people signing at least two signatures that this is how much money was collected. There are receipts. There's other things here or there. And You know, I remember a tragic story out of Asia, one of the more wealthy countries, where one of the assistant pastors, a really nice guy, but he got tempted and he ran off with the money, the church offering, which I think was substantial. His marriage, of course, broke up. His ministry was gone, all because he couldn't control himself for the love of money. And it's something we need to avoid. It's honorable in the sight of all people to have these checks and balances in our church life, dealing with money. And so the worthy couriers are Titus and friends. Nothing really much has to be said about Titus. He's well known. But the friends are mentioned because they're faithful in the gospel. They are people of love. They have credibility. They have the apostolic seal of approval. When it comes to even little tasks like feeding the poor or handling the money, God requires for us to give him our very best. Let's now read the passage at hand. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verses 19 to 24. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verses 19 to 24. Our passage is called Worthy Couriers. And not that only, but who also chosen of the churches to travel with us with this grace, which is administered by us to the glory of the same Lord and declaration of your ready mind, avoiding this, that no man should blame us in this abundance which is administered by us, proving for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. And we have sent with them our brother, whom we have oftentimes proved diligent in many things, but now much more diligent upon the great confidence which I have in you. Whether any do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you. Or our brethren be inquired of, they are the messengers of the churches and the glory of Christ. Wherefore, show ye to them and before the churches the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf. This is Second Corinthians chapter 8, verses 19 to 24. As I've said, our lesson is entitled, Worthy Couriers. Remember, we've learned about true equality. We've learned about, most importantly, we want to learn about being a biblical liberal. I'm not talking about political things or ideology. I'm talking about generosity. And this generosity brings so much blessing, it's beyond calculation. It can be misunderstood and abused, but the scripture gives us all the checks and balances and safeguards that we need. That's why this is a worthy study of 2 Corinthians, especially here in verses 8 and 9, because giving is part of our Christian walk. It's definitely part of our ministry. When we handle it rightly, it's win-win for everybody but the devil and his kingdom. So let's begin with verse 19, a worthy courier. We don't know his name, but we do know this, that he is very honorable. I'm going to read from verse 18 and then also 19. And we have sent with him, that's Titus, the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches, and not only that, but who 
was also chosen by the churches to travel with us with this gift, which is administered by us to the glory of God and to show your ready mind. All right, that's a pretty extensive verse, so what is it saying? This popular preacher and brother in Christ was chosen to accompany Titus and to bring the relief gift that was chosen by the apostles and the local churches. It's actually both the apostles and the local churches that nominated this man to be a companion with Titus to bring the gift. Do you understand this is not just given to anybody, this responsibility, because it's dealing with money, it's dealing with the care of the church, it's dealing with the reputation of the church. Remember that when it came to feeding the widows in the book of Acts chapter 6, they didn't just choose any person. Let me read it to you. Acts chapter 6, verse 3. Brothers, look among yourselves for seven men who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint over this duty. Now, isn't that interesting? Why do they have to be filled with the Holy Spirit and with wisdom? They're only waiting on tables. Well, you see, when it comes to the Christian walk, it's not just the duty itself. It's the spirit or attitude behind the duty. And bearing in mind, whatever we do in ministry, in serving Christ, be it washing communion cups or greeting people at the door or collecting the offering or preaching the sermon, whatever we do, we do for the glory of God. That's why we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. After all, as I've spoken many times before, we are called Christians, little anointed ones. Everything we do should be spirit-filled and anointed. That's the lifestyle that God approves. This is why these couriers that accompanied Titus with the offering had to be credible, reputable men who were chosen by the apostles and chosen by the churches. And the reason for all this is verse 20 of 2 Corinthians 8, to have a scandal-free situation. Remember, friends, it's one thing to have scandal in Hollywood, or one thing to have scandal in sport or in the public square, but it's really a whole different thing to have scandal in the church. And somehow, carnal, scandal-plagued people in the church are held to higher contempt than people who have scandal in the world. There's a reason for this. And by the way, I'm not talking about throwing the book at anybody who falls into scandal. I'd rather err on the side of mercy any time than being judgmental. But for the principle that scandal in the church is inexcusable, both because we have the scripture to keep us safe, but also because we are committed to the highest standards imaginable. Jesus himself lived by the highest standards imaginable, and he expects his followers to do likewise. When there's scandal, it brings reproach to the church and to the name of Jesus himself. And this needs to be avoided at all costs. So let's look at verse 20 of 2 Corinthians 8 to make a scandal proof. Avoiding this, that anyone should blame us in this lavish gift which is administered by us. Basically, scandal-free, because as I said, scandal is bad news for the church, degrading the reputation of Christ, bringing everyone into suspicion, and much time is needed for credibility to be rebuilt. And when you don't have credibility, nobody trusts you, nobody wants to do business with you, nobody wants to socialize with you because you lack credibility, particularly as a confessing Christian. 
we need to keep away from it. We have to avoid scandal. To do that, use people who are recommended, particularly when it's something as weighty as handling the money, or for that matter, handling the church, namely the pastoral role. Have proper protocol, have the safeguards. All this needs to be in place because these people were committed in handling the relief offering. That's why I said, even today, there's usually at least two people counting the offering and signing for it each time. We also need to remember, can I just say that it's becoming more common for people who are pastors or who direct ministries to actually have nothing to do with the money. They're not even signatories on the check account. I operate that way. I don't handle any of the money. I have others do that who are reputable and clear, and there's accountability, there's checks and balances. All these things help us to maintain a good reputation before God. The apostles wanted to be without blame before the church and the world. That's why we do this thing of the three men carrying perhaps what was a substantial offering to the church at Jerusalem. 2 Corinthians 8.21, it tells us, providing honorable things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. We want to go from scandal-plagued to honorable. That is the goal. But it has to be honorable in the sight of all. Honorable people have everyone in view. They want to be honorable before Almighty God. Of course, that makes great sense. They want to be honorable before the church. They want the church to see that they're doing the right thing. This is not showing off. This is accountability, really. See, I'm doing the right thing, and I'm doing it for the right motives as well. But honorable people have something else in mind. They want to be honorable in the eyes of the world. And can I say this is of very great importance. Even if the world doesn't yet know, understand, or yet accept our gospel message, they should accept us as being decent, honorable people. If a person has a bad reputation in the eyes of the world, they're not going to get very far in ministry, even if it's exclusively with Christians, because the world sees something in them that is not right, and that fault or trait or kink in their character sooner or later is going to surface and cause great distress. So remember, this is not what we call a people-pleasing attitude. Because remember, people-pleasers, which is an exercise in futility, by the way, because you will never please people. You might please them temporarily, but people change their minds. One moment they like you, another moment they don't. And furthermore, people-pleasers have the erroneous idea that other people can meet their needs. The truth is, the only one that can meet your needs is God. So we should be living our lives as God-pleasers, not people-pleasers, knowing that when our ways please the Lord, even our enemies will be at peace with us. In other words, you please God, you can actually get on with everyone. But if you live to please people, you will be frustrated, you will be considered a wannabe or a try-hard. We don't need that. We need God. See, to be a God-pleaser means that you'll be honorable in the sight of all. To be a people-pleaser means you'll neither please people nor God. Second Corinthians 8.22, And we have sent with them our brother, whom we have oftentimes proved diligent in many things, but now much more diligent upon the great confidence which I have in you. All right, so we have this anonymous honorable brother, a second courier. We are sending him who has proven himself to be diligent 
in everything. He is as proactive today as he was from the very beginning. He has heard a lot about the Corinthian church, and he cannot wait to see them for himself. So let's move on. Chapter 8, verse 23 of 2 Corinthians. If anyone inquires about Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker concerning you, or if our brethren are inquired about, they are messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. This is what we call referral or recommendation. So if anyone asks about Titus, I mean, is he really good enough to carry the offering? It should be a fact that he is well known among the churches as Paul's partner, as well as his fellow worker. Apparently, nothing more needs to be said because Paul himself is credibility personified. Someone that associates with him should be deemed likewise. Regarding the other brethren, what does Paul say as a commendation of them? They are messengers of Christ and bring glory to Christ's name. So therefore, this relief offering, which, though it doesn't say in the text, probably is considerable, is in good hands. You can trust them. It will get to the destination. It will be used for the purpose of which is given. Think of it, we give to charities, and sometimes we wonder how much of our money is used for overhead, for lavish offices and expense accounts and salaries, and how much of it actually gets to the people in need. It's a fair question. Well, here, no worries. These guys are going to deliver fully, and you can put your head on the pillow and worry about nothing. Our final verse here for the lesson, 2 Corinthians 8, 24, tells us, Therefore show to them and before the churches the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf. When they arrive in Corinth, live up to your good reputation that we have boasted about. Show them and show the other churches the fullness of your love and affirm the things we have boasted about in you, which, of course, means Corinthian church. These guys are coming. They're credible. We've told them good things about you. Now, you likewise be credible. Live up to your good reputation. Be hospitable and be generous and be supportive. Everybody wins when that happens. Our lesson is entitled, Worthy Couriers. And our lesson for life, a good reputation takes years to develop, so guard it dearly, for it can be destroyed in seconds. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations, Education, and thank you for liking our page. And you can also go to our homepage to subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter with articles on Scripture, Victorious Christian Living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that just as in the Bible, people of character and anointing were chosen for specific tasks, let us remember we need to do the same. And when we do, it does extend the church, the blessing of God, and brings glory to the name of Jesus, in whom we pray. Amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.